Pullman and Pullman Show on the Pacific Takes Podcast, presented by SB Nation. This is Johnny Pullman. I'm here with Jack Pullman. Together with the Pullman and Pullman Show, we're covering the latest news, commentary, and opinion on the Pac-12. All right, Jack, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the Thanksgiving break. Uh, did you know that the uh, origin of Thanksgiving was apparently when members of the Wanapong tribe showed up where pilgrims were in 1621 and they ate deer? Venison. I think that would be a fantastic addition to the Thanksgiving Day table. Deer are like pests. They, they're hazards on the road. Um, and this is a great opportunity to thin the herd. What do you think? I think it's good. Uh, another uh, uh, observation is I don't think there's a college football, uh, college sports team that's a deer, a deer like as a mascot. Right? No, and that's probably a good idea because the only one that I can think of is the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> because deer are prey. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible idea to have as a mascot. Uh, deer cause over one and a half million car accidents a year. Do you know where you're most likely to get hit by a deer? Like what state or like? Yeah, what state? Um, Calif- Northern California. It's West Virginia. One out of 40 people hit deer in West Virginia. <laughs> Second is Montana. I don't think that's surprising. Third is Pennsylvania. That would not have guessed Pennsylvania. I don't think most would. And speaking of Pennsylvania, Pitt beat the U this weekend. So there's a shakeup in the top two. The U goes down. The turnover chain is broken. And then Auburn beats Bama yesterday. Shakeup in the top five. Nationally, I wouldn't want to be on the playoff the playoff committee because I don't know how to rank like the top like what like five or six, seven teams. Like everyone I feel like has a case for themselves, but also at the same time, uh doesn't at the like I, like how do you how do you rank those teams like Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama, Auburn? Like say Auburn's impressive right now, but they got two losses. They lost to Clemson. Clemson and Clemson has a really bad loss. Miami has a really bad loss. Alabama, you know, they lost by what was that twelve or fourteen points? It's Wisconsin has it. The best team Wisconsin's beaten is Michigan, who's not ranked. So it's 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 muddy. Not the Pac-12 team inside. Though. Yeah, you know what all of this playoff debate has to do with the Pac-12? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No team from the Pac-12 is going to be considered. Regardless of the shakeup, there's still lots to figure out this upcoming week. So, Jack, let's talk coaching carousel because it's in full motion. UCLA hires Chip Kelly, as we first speculated here on the Pacific Takes podcast last week. Um, How does Chip coming into Westwood, how does that change the dynamics in the South? The dude's only lost seven games as a Pac-12 coach. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, it brings a lot of excitement into the into the, the conference and into that that program, which is prone to not having much excitement. So, regardless of what we see in the field from Chip, between now and August is going to be people are going to be talking about UCLA. They're going to be interested in it. They're going to sell tickets. It's going to be super fun uh, once they get on the field. I think a lot of the speculation we're going to see what kind of system he has because when he went to the NFL, his system wasn't the same as it was at Oregon. And college football is different. Um, people have different reactions to that system. And 
uh, no one's really running it anymore to the way that he ran it. I think people forget like how how crazy that uh, that Oregon hurry up was when he when he was there and they were just destroying people. So I I think for one it it makes UCLA a most talked about team in the South outside the USC and people are going to be you know pegging them hard for next year. Jack, you were at some point calling for rules changes and during the Chip Kelly era in Oregon, you was getting plays off that seemingly every about three and a half seconds. Um, has the nation have defenses? Because we've seen it nationwide, coast to coast. Have, have there been adjustments that have kind of put this spaceship offense um, in a different light? It's been funny because I kind of feel like there's not been a definitive like recipe or story or anything about like how that how like people kind of solved that offense because I don't think they really did. It kind of seemed more like people just kind of stopped doing it. I don't know exactly why either. I don't know if it was. I think when Chip Kelly went to the NFL, there was kind of a cultural thing with the, the like you know the culture of football that kind of wasn't all about it, and that kind of slowed him down, and that kind of maybe seeped to college of that. And I think it's also just to really buy in as hard as Oregon was. It's hard on the players. Like it's that's not a fun like way to play football. It yeah. sounds like it works better in college where you've got guys that only have to do it for two or three years. Versus in the NFL, where clearly it didn't work. Now, part of that probably had to do with Chip's garbage personnel decisions <laughs> in Philadelphia, and then just having nothing to work with in San Francisco. But it seems like it's kind of tailor-made for the Pac-12. It's funny that you mentioned selling tickets, because I think that this definitely does sell tickets to Bruin fans who deal with kind of a unique problem with the campus being in Westwood and then the stadium being an hour at least on game days away over in the, in the Rose Bowl and, and a big, uh, I know a big push from the athletic department is to get butts in seats. So Chip certainly does that. There's no doubt about that yet. One thing that they'll need to do is to get a pool on the sidelines of the practice field because that's an all-timer clip of Chip doing the... Uh, <laughs> Just head first belly flop into the team pool <laughs> out of nowhere. I want to see more of that in college. No, I, I want to see the the post game. Will you, will you shut up uh, more of that with Aaron Andrews uh, from Chip? He's a. Uh, I want to see a little more Chip in Chip. You know. Uh, for the record, we are not a anti Aaron Andrews podcast, <laughs> regardless of what Jack says. So Chip was rumored to be going to Gainesville potentially, but they end up hiring Dan Mullen away from Mississippi State, where all he's done since leaving Florida as the OC, has been win in Stark Vegas uh, in Cowbell U. Uh, so he goes back to Gainesville. Sticking with the Pac-12, Arizona State cans Todd Graham. Last week we talked about maybe he was going to stick around for another season. He actually beat Arizona this last weekend, but get shit canned. It happens, you know. He, he they also beat Washington, one of the bigger wins of the Pac-12 season. Uh, they had a nice run there, I think, for about two weeks where it seemed like they might turn the corner, but they were the same as they'd always been. They were kind of perpetually a team that was going to win seven to eight games. Uh, they'll surprise you. They're talented, but ultimately insanely inconsistent and just not that good. So I think uh, it makes sense that, you know, you see we might go seven and six, eight and five all the time. That's not bad, but we need to try something else. We're not going to miss the headset. I, I put Todd Graham in the same category as Brian Kelly, where 
kids can five star recruits, blue chippers continue to sign up to play for these guys. You couldn't pay me to go and get coached by this guy every day. He's just got a face that makes you upset. I don't, I don't want to be in the same room as the guy. No, the wristbands, everything, it's just an odd situation. Always has been. Uh, so, well, you know, we'll be sad to see uh, you know, Todd Graham sail away as you know fans of other Pac-12 programs, but interested to see who's going to pop up there now. Jack, how does he sail away? He, he's in the desert. There's no ships. He, uh, you know, he gets a magic carpet then. You know, he gets those wristbands. <laughs> I think you got to get a Harley, man. I mean, that's a pretty cool look. He's riding off into the sunset, into the desert sky. I don't know if there's a look that for Paul with uh, not Paul, uh, uh, Todd Graham as a cool look. Uh, so some of the names that we might expect to hear coming into the mix, replacing him in Tempe. Kevin Sumlin, who was recently canned by Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> Vandy head coach Derek Mason, not the receiver from Tennessee. An interesting one, West Virginia's Dana Holgerson, who's a rad dude. Uh, he's a Phoenix native, so that's the tie to uh, Arizona State. Okay. Yeah, not a not an outstanding pool of exciting candidates. Uh, I think I'd also heard Pep Hamilton, uh, other than having a great name. Uh, I think he's Michigan. He's, uh, he's a Harbaugh guy, so he, he's been in the mix. Um, yeah, that's the thing I think with Arizona State is if, you know, you want to get rid of Graham, but you ended up in a situation where, like, okay, who do you play, replace him with? The Vanderbilt guy? Like, really? Like, how, how much is that, like, most most likely going to work out for you? So, yeah, we'll, we'll see who they get. I have a feeling it's not going to be a, you know, fireworks show. In Corvallis, Oregon State fires Gary Anderson. They hire Bull Baldwin, who we put on the radar last week as a potential dark horse candidate at UCLA. Probably a much better fit up in Corvallis. Um, he brings kind of a high-octane offense from Cal, where he was for just a season. And before that, he was at Eastern Washington in the big sky. He drove the rest of the pack, uh, the Northwest Pac-12 teams crazy when it was the Eastern, uh, including Oregon State. So maybe that's, that's part of the thing. He always... Uh, a lot of success at Eastern, but we saw a guy named Paul Wolf uh, land in the Pac-12 who had outrageous success at Eastern as well and did not do well in the Pac-12. I don't think we want to spend a lot of time talking <laughs> about Paul Wolf. The Eastern field, they call it the Inferno, it's red turf. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the person, but it's uh, it's a strange program. It's, uh, you can bet every time they're on TV, the go-to line from the... Uh, the broadcast is going to be, do not adjust your television set. <laughs> this is the actual color of the field. We're here live from Cheney, Washington. Yeah, you know, it's not very many times in life you're here live from Cheney, Washington on TV. You know, I know that the Smurf Turf in Boise struggles a lot with uh, goose strikes. Birds trying to land on this thing, dive bombing it, thinking that it's water. I don't know what kind of issues they have uh, in Eastern with the red turf. Bulls, maybe? Bulls, True. <laughs> That could be very, that's very, that's a great point. You got some livestock over in Eastern Washington. <laughs> Holy shit. Just a bunch of really pissed off fucking yeah, tourists. Free range. So, Jack, the big game of the week was the Apple Cup as we went into detail last week. Uh, what a dud of a game. It was an absolute beatdown. The Huskies beat the piss out of the Cougs. It was never a game from the opening snap. Uh, you, I was there. You were there. Um, for me, I went through a fifth of rum really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it was a game where just a lot like 
the last one and worse than the last one, the one two years ago where it was just like you blinked and it felt like the Huskies had just sucked the air out of the game. Uh, they played extremely well. Every matchup you saw that was like, okay, uh, WCU's pass offense, like it's going against a struggling Husky pass D. Husky's pass D was excellent. Uh, you know, is Washington's offensive line going to be able to run the ball against, you know, Cougar, improved Cougars defense? They certainly did uh, very well. They just dominated uh, basically every aspect of the game, and it was from the get-go. So uh, there's not really a whole lot else you could say about it other than, yeah. Running back Miles Gaskin goes for almost 200 yards. He has four touchdowns. Uh, Cougars lose Hercules Madafa to a targeting penalty. Uh, say what you want about the penalty, but he's going to be out for the first half of the, of the bowl game. Where does this leave the the Huskies as they move into their final game of the season? We just a weird game. Uh, it was a weird game for them going in, where they didn't really have anything to play for. But you know, it's senior night. Uh, I think they wanted to show that they're uh, they are the team that people thought they were uh, instead of a team that was fighting for you know basically second in the Pac-12 North. But they did as much as they could, and it's great momentum for them to try to make the most out of what looks like it should be an Alamo or a Holiday Bowl, which is uh, not outstanding bowl destinations if you're a team with like top five preseason, top ten preseason aspirations that wins ten games. Both of these teams will have the potential to win ten games, but it's strange that both seasons kind of feel like uh, wins out of the sales a little bit. Yeah. Both teams were bad on the road. Uh, quite a bit too. I think the Cougars, they had this game. They had the egg against Cal and Berkeley. They uh, got boat raced by Arizona on the road. The Huskies uh, lost, scored seven points against Arizona State on the road. And then they had a game where against Stanford where they just got outplayed at every facet of the game just about as well. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those things where both teams just kind of stacked up that way, and it was set up well for the Huskies to, to get the win, but neither team really feels like the season ended the right way. So now you're going to start to hear some conjecture, I think, about Coach Leach. This guy's a commodity. He's won a ton of games in Pullman. He's taken them to new new heights, new expectations. Is there a potential for Coach Leach to take a job somewhere else? You hear rumors, rumblings about possibly Nebraska, Bill Moose, former AD at Wazoo, is out there? Could he lure him away? He, you know, that's Nebraska's now in the Big Ten, but when Leach was there, he's got the Big Twelve roots. Arkansas, another place where he could end up. Although breaking tonight, maybe Scott Frost is a shoe in in Nebraska. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Coach Leach may be a great fit in Arkansas. Um, they've had wild coaches lately. He, uh, Mike Leach, he he fits somewhere. Could be a bigger, small school that's within a. A good vicinity of numerous pilot or flying J gas stations. You're saying that the 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 increase in lot lizards uh, increases the likelihood that Coach Leach is going to be the coach of your school. Are places that you just get the feeling when you drive downtown that it would be a place where they'd make a documentary about some teenagers who got accused of murdering some kids that didn't happen. So that's a sell for Arkansas. What's uh, what, what's your go to truck stop food? <laughs> good. Ah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm a big Slurpee guy. I don't know if I'm proud of that. Uh, a grown man with a Slurpee. <laughs> that's a tough sell. So I'm a jerky guy too, though. So, you know, uh, 
Uh, do jerky and jerky and Slurpee are they a natural kind of flavor? Do they complement each other? <laughs> I don't know if they do. There's also like a dynamic where if you get the the jerky too cold, it kind of uh, you know a good pepperoni stick kind of hardens up. So you know you don't. Uh, it's a dangerous, dangerous mixture. You know what? I have my go-to is the um, gravy dispenser. You know, it's like nacho cheese, but it's gravy, and you can put that on biscuits. Biscuits. I, and I don't think that's a national. I don't like. I don't, I don't think if anyone who would be like a Stanford fan or a Cal fan would know what the hell you're talking about, what, what that is. So we'll run down the rest of the games in the Pac-12 from a stacked weekend. Cal uh, loses to UCLA in a last-second field goal in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, one of the many uh, uh, bowl playing games, bowl eligibility playing games. Uh, I think both teams are five and six coming in, so whoever won got it. Tight game. I thought I feel bad for Cal. Last two weeks, I thought they could have won both those games and gotten under to a bowl under Justin Wilcox. But UCLA, you know, good on them for not packing it in. There, they they showed up even without their coach. Stanford takes care of uh, a top ten ranked Notre Dame team. Uh, they beat them by eighteen on the farm. I did, did not see that coming. I thought I didn't know how hard Stanford would even go in that game because technically it really didn't have, play a lot for them. Uh, Bryce Love played, um, and knowing, especially knowing that if the Huskies beat the Cougars, that they were going to have six days rest before they have to go play USC at the Pac-12 championship. So good on them. That was a good non-conference win for the Pac-12, um, especially kind of avenging USC getting the doors blown off them by Notre Dame, and because it has to give them a lot of confidence going into the Pac-12 championship. Uh, the Territorial Cup was in Tempe, Arizona State. Beat Arizona. I think that surprised some folks. Didn't save Todd Graham's job, though. Okay. Uh, Rich Rod seems like he'll survive, even though he uh, this was not a good outcome for him as well. And it looks like the Khalil Tate uh, hurricane is kind of coming to a, coming to a, a slow. I think he had another week where I think he was better than he was against Oregon, but Arizona State balled him up a bit. So maybe... It's good news for the rest of the Pac-12 that people are figuring out how to defend him because they sure as hell didn't know how to a few weeks ago. I think he still goes into the year next year as a player of the year candidate and a Heisman frontrunner. Guaranteed, yeah. Civil War was in Eugene. Oregon beat the hell out of Oregon State. No surprise there. They win the Platypus Trophy, which I think is a very underrated trophy. A platypus, if you think about it, it's half beaver, half duck. Yeah, no, I... (laughs) Not much of a game to write home about, I think, other than showing that Oregon with Justin Herbert's, you know, they're, they're a scary team. And going into next year, uh, everyone who hates Oregon should be a little bit worried because with an improved defense and Justin Herbert uh, behind, behind center, they could be a very scary team next year. And let's see what they do in bowl game. Would Herbert improve if he started to pronounce his name Hebert? Hebert. <laughs> uh, maybe. I think he's a Eugene local, though, so I know... I, no, I think he should go full Cajun. <laughs> he should just come out next season full cry daddy. I, I mean, I might be embraced by you know the the Walmart Oregon fans. Uh, you know, Oregon's a, an interesting state. Uh, their fan base is pretty fun, so uh, I would like to see that. That'd be good. Colorado versus Utah. That's a fake rivalry that they made up as the two newest additions to the Pac-12. Uh, that's an elevation rivalry. Um, Utah beat Colorado in Salt Lake City. Can you name the place that's actually higher than Boulder, Colorado, though? D1 football? I'll give you a hint. 
It's Laramie, Wyoming. <laughs> the Cougs travel there next season. That's over 6,000 feet. Trap game. Yeah, trap. A bit of a trap game. Uh, you know, the Rumble and the Rockies, I, I don't... It's not a real rivalry. Uh, but the only thing out of this game is Utah got bowl eligible. Um, and Colorado's not going to a bowl and regressed quite a bit, which I think has got to be kind of scary for Colorado fans. So now looking forward to... Friday's Pac-12 championship. It's a rematch between Stanford and USC in Santa Clara, California. Jack, it's early, but who you got? I'm sticking with USC. That Stanford, you know, roughing up Notre Dame uh, just down the street in Palo Alto uh, from where they're playing this game uh, does really make it seem like Stanford's got a lot better shot than I think people thought before this week. But USC has a week off. I think USC's overall better team. USC beat Stanford pretty easily in LA earlier in the season. Uh, I think USC's got a better quarterback. So I'm going to stick with USC for now. USC has a better quarterback, but he struggled a lot with interceptions. Just a little bit for comparison here. Baker Mayfield, who's going to win the Heisman, he has one turnover for every 81 plays. Sam Darnold turns it over every 25 plays. Uh, now, luckily for the Trojans, they have another star in the backfield, Ronald Jones. He'll take some of the pressure off of Donald. On the other side, you've got Stanford, who just beat Notre Dame, a very good team. The Cardinal have won six consecutive home games against opposition in the AP Top 10. And although this game is at a neutral site, Stanford's campus is close to Levi Stadium. Now, the issue may be getting fans to come out to the game, but maybe this is one that they can actually get up for. I've heard they have pretty poor attendance uh, when Stanford's in there, but I do know I do think for them on a football purely football aspect, it's a huge score for them because on that short week of going against a USC team that'll be rested, they at least don't have to. They're not WSU pulling out of Pullman or Washington coming out of Seattle, so they that's going to help them in that that edge, and they're not going to be playing you know like a quasi away game against someone either. So good for that's also good for Stanford. Stanford has won three Pac-12 championship games and the most recent win came over SC in 2015. So I wouldn't be surprised here if I see a similar result. You can have the Trojans. Give me the tree. Stanford wins the Pac-12 this year. It could happen. I mean, I I don't think either outcome is going to get too many people excited. I don't think anyone outside of the fan bases for either teams that pumped up about this game and this rematch. But I, it, it's pretty open to me right now based on uh, what Stanford did to Notre Dame last week and how they play in big games. Next week, we'll be back with end-of-season awards. Uh, we'll recap the Pac-12 championship game and talk about where teams may be headed for bowl games. Uh, what do you prefer, Sinclair Dinosaur Gas Stations or uh, Flying Jays? <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>